This is Dan Wharton Uncancelled. Let's go. It's Megan Kelly time now, the star US journalist and host of the brilliant Megan Kelly show. Now, whether it's calling out insane COVID laws or taking on the woke ideologists who want to drag young children into the trans debate, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is fast winning a legion of fans across the pond. In fact, there's growing speculation he could even leapfrog Donald Trump and win the Republican nomination to run for US president in 2024. In his latest takedown of our clown society, DeSantis has torn into Hollywood's dripping hypocrisy after stars at the Oscars attacked his campaign to protect parents' rights. If the people who held up degenerates like Harvey Weinstein up as exemplars and as heroes and as all that, if those are the types of people that are opposing us on parents' rights, I wear that like a badge of honor. (laughs) Good line. Hollywood's attack on Red Ron comes when virtue signaling A-listers willfully ignored Will Smith's physical assault on Chris Rock and indeed gave him a standing ovation during his poor me acceptance speech at the Oscars. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Get my name out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. I'm going to. So, Megan, who is America backing? The Hollywood (laughs) degenerates or Ron DeSantis? Well, I think actually Ron DeSantis would win that poll because he'll win all of the Republicans and a fair amount of the independents and the Democrats, too. Uh, I mean, Hollywood has been exposed for, yes, absolutely being hypocritical and having absolutely no moral core. It's why they have to rush to the cameras every time there's some woke controversy to pretend that they do. That's what they think morals are, to pass sweeping judgments on everyone and claim that they're holier than thou. But None of us is buying it. Those days are done. We know they've exposed themselves. The worst thing that could possibly have happened to these Hollywood stars happened, and that's social media. We got to know who they really are, and we're disgusted. You've got stars like Ben Affleck, who's running around, you know, never making it to the bottom of more than four bottles a night, I guess, uh, trying to, you know, blame everyone in his circle for his problems, including his lovely ex-wife, Jennifer Garner. But when it comes to acting across from a Republican, well, he would never, he would never. Okay, enjoy your bottle. Um, I mean, Harvey Weinstein, you mentioned who the entire industry propped up, James Franco. I could go down the list of the Me Tooers who have been celebrated by these actors and actresses after we knew what they were. I mean, just left, right, and center, there is somebody with another sin that they're trying to cover up by pretending that they're holier than thou. Alec Baldwin, all the nights on Saturday Night Live, poking fun at President Trump, trying to take him down as a... Meanwhile, you know, he's just shot a person to death. He's, you know, I could go down the list of the things he's done with his children, his ex, blah, blah, blah. So we know who they are, and we know that they hate at least half the country. 
And the one good thing about them moralizing is we just don't listen to them anymore. They're stupid woke movies. No one's going to see. They're boring and they're stupid. And like, you know, the thing with Will Smith, yes, it was telling. He can't control his temper. For me, I thought it was more about him trying to make the moment about himself. He wanted to make himself look like a big man. And I thought the tell was in the fact that he initially laughed at the joke. And it wasn't until he looked over and he saw that Jada was mad that he thought it was a big moment for him. For him, what do, what would a real man, genuinely angry about that joke, do in the moment? You know what he would do? He would make the same face Jada made, and backstage he would go up to Chris Rock and say, "Not okay, not cool," and they'd have it out man to man behind the stage. Why did he do it on the stage? You tell me, Dan. Because he wanted an audience. Because what's really at stake for all of these Hollywood actors and actresses? Their egos, their public image. That's what they care about, not these alleged woke causes, not anything Ron DeSantis is doing, their own pocketbooks and their willingness, their ability to look at all of us and say, I'm better than you. And I think I completely agree with that, Megan. And I think what we also saw on Oscar night, actually, was that how these cretinous folk react in the moment is very different to how they react once they've been advised by their agents and their publicists. Because, of course, Will Smith offered no apology to Chris Rock in his acceptance speech. And I think he showed no remorse for what he did. He found the whole thing hysterically funny. And the crowd, of course, did not react in any negative way to the fact that they'd just witnessed a physical assault. In fact, they gave him that standing O. They're so out of touch, Dan. I mean, there's so like the same group of people walked into this award ceremony. And let me just say, I like Jada. I've interviewed her a few times and I think she handled herself very well. The husband, obviously not so much. They walked into this event getting $140,000 gift bags per person. Mm -hmm. Okay, the average American can't even pay their rent right now. They can't even fill their their gas tank without really sweating it and getting that sick feeling in your stomach. So they're so out of touch. They can't relate to anything real people are going through. And to me, Will Smith, I know people are like, oh, you know, he nailed it on his little speech when he won the award. I don't think so. I put him in the same boat as I put Meghan Markle. Uh, with her whining and crying about the alleged racists who she wouldn't name in the royal family and about how hard it is to be a princess. No one cares what title your kid is getting. No one cares. They have their own problems to worry about. Will Smith is up there like, (laughs) the people say the mean things. No one gives a fig. No one. You're a huge (laughs) star. You're probably one of the top three biggest stars in the world with your $140,000 gift bag that you probably gave to your maid because it doesn't mean anything to you. Do I give two figs whether somebody's saying something not nice about you or how it's hard to withstand the barbs that come your way? No. I don't. Stop it. Sit down. Take your little statue. Go home to your gazillion dollar home with your amazing and gorgeous wife and enjoy the great, big, beautiful life that you've managed to carve out for yourself. And stop asking me. And more importantly, my imaginary viewer, Madge, who's in the middle of Iowa, working hard with kids and a full time job to feel sorry for you. We don't. Uh, But by the way, Megan, even having this conversation, according to The Guardian, makes us downright racist and proponents of anti-blackness. Were you aware of that? Okay, fine. <laughs> At this point, we have to just, okay, great. Point, point made. Let's move on. Like, I don't, I don't understand because I will say, if anything in this 
in this matter. You tell me if Dan Wooten, Wooten had run up on the Oscar stage and slapped Chris Rock across the face. The headlines would have been very different. No one. I'd never work again. For you. I'd never it work would again. Have been white man attacks yeah. black man. They would have made it all about race. Yeah. And by the way, Benedict Cumberbatch wouldn't have worked again if he had done that. Neither would Jake Gyllenhaal. And there was loads of that sort of hypocrisy during the ceremony itself, Ming, because there were two uh, black hosts and, and one white host. Uh, but the black host made lots of jokes about how horrible white people were. So I think the whole mm -hmm. ceremony was filled with a load of hypocrisy yes. on that level. And, and of course, so I, I can laugh at it. I think Amy it's funny. Schumer. But. Yeah. Amy Schumer then jumped in with uh, about, you know, the horrible white women who are calling police unnecessarily on black people. Yeah. It's like, you know what? You should know you should know what's happening in the news before you make your stupid jokes, because there's no question that there's been some moronic calls to police over black people here and everywhere who weren't doing anything wrong, as there have been about white people here and everywhere who weren't doing anything wrong. And but what's happening in the news right now as a result of all those narratives, those false narratives about cops? taking the, the bad actions of some and extrapolating them to all, is we had a defund the police movement, we had a soft on crime movement and getting soft on crime DAs into offices, and now the murder rate in our major cities is up to 40, sometimes 50%, up 40, over 50% in, in several cities. And what we're seeing right now in places like New York City is we're seeing a lot of black and white crime, women getting shoved down police, uh, down subway uh, steps, women getting stabbed repeatedly with axes, often by black men, it's not a, a purely racial issue, but now is not the time to be shaming white women for calling the police on black defendants, all right? Because sometimes that's the way the crime goes. And sometimes those phone calls do need to be made. And Amy Schumer, and it doesn't make living you in her Karen. gazillion dollar home with her $140,000 gift yeah. bag, is not in a position to comment on it. Yeah, no, indeed. <laughs> indeed, Megan Galley. Oh, I love your analysis. It was cutting, but brilliant. <laughs> today. It's great to have you back. And of course, you can catch the fantastic Megan Kelly show on Sirius XM, YouTube, and as a podcast, well worth listening to. But it's time now for Uncancelled. And this is where Britain's top commentators speak out on controversial issues without the fear of the cancel culture sweeping the rest of the media. This week has been dominated by some of our most senior politicians who don't seem to want to express a basic biological fact publicly because they're so scared of being cancelled. Is a woman. Well, I thought the Prime Minister uh, answered this brilliantly in Prime Minister's Question Times. In Prime Minister's Questions this week, and I fully agree with him. Wait, and so what is your definition of a woman? Uh, as I said, I would exactly agree with what the Prime Minister said at Prime Minister's question time. When we're having a social media or a debate around whether someone's, what genitalia someone's got, I think it really debases the serious issues that people face. A I woman can't have a penis. I don't think that um, discussing this issue in this way helps anyone in the long run. People are complex that they, that, and that they are different. Rod Little, pe people are complex. What do you make of it all? <laughs> it's wonderful, isn't it? This is the uh, the latest equivalent of the how much is a pint of milk argument, isn't it? These days, that's what we ask politicians. We ask them if they know what a penis is, and we ask them if they know what a woman is. Keir Starmer is unable to tell us what a woman is, uh, and uh, is also seems to be mystified uh, about what a penis 
who has penises, who doesn't have penises. Uh, and some wags on social media, I see, have been saying he should simply take a, a quick look in the mirror. Uh, I, it, it is utterly, utterly bizarre um, that at a time when there are many serious things happening, this is a this is a news story which is kind of dogging the uh, the papers. And you're right in what you say, Dan, that that they're scared. I mean, in the Labour Party, they're scared stiff of the left of the party, uh, much as they are indeed in the Green Party. They're both scared of the extremists within their party who totally deny biological reality and scientific fact. Uh, and so they cannot say anything other than, than prevaricate, uh, which, is, which is what Sakia did, and it's what Angela Rayner did during a, a fairly lengthy description, actually, of how one should address a transgender person and whether it was polite to ask them whether they had a penis or not. It's, it's not something I've ever done, Dan, uh, but I do look forward to doing it in future and following Angela's guidelines. Uh, <laughs> similarly, uh, uh, Rishi Sunak, mm. uh, the question to him, uh, which I, th I thought was absolutely hilarious, that he agrees with the Prime Minister's definition of what a woman is. Uh, my worry is that until the Prime Minister had made that definition, Rishi himself was unaware of what a woman is. Uh, someone should have asked him. But that know? was the most right. fascinating answer, don't you think, Rod? Because here's a Tory politician, a bloke who fancies himself as Prime Minister, a bloke who, let's be honest, doesn't agree with much of what the Prime Minister has to say. And we've seen that in recent months. He's been prepared to publicly express that. But in this case, he just wouldn't go there. Even a senior Tory would not go there publicly. No, that's absolutely right. But but it's worse than that. And let's not just pick on the politicians, because I read uh, uh, a piece in the in the Telegraph, the Daily Telegraph today. Now, uh, by all accounts, you know, the, the most right leaning of Britain's morning national newspapers, I think you could say. Uh, and it was covering the cycling story, the, the story of this this transgendered man, the man who was due to take part in a big cycling race in, in Great Britain and has now been told he can't uh, because he's a man and it's a woman's race. Uh, and throughout that piece, throughout that piece, he was referred to as a woman, unequivocally. He was referred to as, a, as, a, as the daughter of another woman. You know, so it's not simply, it's not simply the politicians. It's all of us, all of us here who go along with this. And it's the same, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same when I'm writing for The Sun, I tend to get my genders corrected when I'm writing about transgender issues. And it is bizarre because, of course, it's contrary to, it's contrary to reality. And it's so, so Rod, can I, just, can I just pick you up on that? So this is Emily Bridges, right? Uh, and at yeah. the top of the show, I said it is absolutely insane to even countenance the idea that Emily Bridges could compete in a female yeah. cycling race. So I'm completely with you on that. Yeah. What I'm just interested to know is, is there anything that Emily Bridges can do, in your view, for you to be happy to refer to her as a woman? No, it's a matter of chromosomes. It's very, very straightforward. There is a vanishingly small number of people who genuinely are intersex um, and who genuinely find it difficult to fit into either one of the of the two sexual characteristics but that is one in you know five or ten million it is a tiny tiny so, so, minority. so caitlin jenny you know caitlin jenny sorry yeah i don't i don't i don't 
necessarily the ins and outs about Caitlyn Jenner, apart from to say that I believe that Caitlyn Jenner uh, does not agree with, no. with people like Emily taking part. No, in, she uh, does. In, in, uh, that's, that's about all I know about Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, but but it, 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 we have to... Liberal, liberal ideology is founded upon a whole bunch of non-sequiturs and idiocies. And the only way that they can keep all this afloat is by punishing people who point out that they actually are factually incorrect. And the trouble is the newspapers, the papers I work for, the papers you work for, have all been scolded in the last 10 years by the, by the pressure groups, whether it be, you know, uh, stop funding hate, whether it be actually the transgender uh, and Stonewall advice to people as to what they're meant to say. And we all follow it. So you do then end up with someone who's a bit thick, like Keir Starmer, simply not being able to explain what a woman is. It is utterly remarkable, Dan. Could I say one more thing on a previous yes, of issue? of course. Of course. Up here, where I am, in, in County Durham, in the Pennines, nobody refuses cash but quite a few still refuse uh, credit cards. So <laughs> I love it. Old school. Absolutely true that up here you need cash, uh, whereas Good. if I were to go down to London, I wouldn't need any. It's two countries. I like it. I like it. We want to keep cash. Rod Little, thank you so much. Rod, we'll speak next week. Former Coronation Street actress Leandra Ashton is next to give evidence in the lockdown inquiry. Now, nowhere was lockdown hysteria felt more inhumanely than in care homes, where residents with precious time left on this earth were left isolated from loved ones. And the cruel madness continues to this day, with restrictions on visits remaining, three-day quarantine for gifts, and ludicrous lockdowns based on just a couple of cases. Well, in a video that went viral just before the second lockdown, heroic Leandra and her mum sensationally stood up to these barbaric measures. So let's just make this very clear. My nan, my 97-year-old nan here, who we have taken from the care home because we haven't seen her for nine months, is now being taken back by force to her care home. My mother has been arrested. My mother is in the back of the car here. She is a nurse. She is a fully qualified nurse who is wishing to care for her own mother. And here we have an incredible use of police time to take my 97-year-old grandmother back into a care home where she is deteriorating, where we haven't been able to see her for nine months. Now, I love you and we are going to fight for you. Now, tragically, Leandra's beloved grandmother died in January, but thanks to her family railing against the system, she was able to spend her last months at home. Since then, the tenacious actress has launched the People's Care Watchdog, which vows to hold public bodies and parliament to account for the gross failings in the care sector. And I'm delighted to say Leandra joins me now for her first interview since launching The Watchdog. Leandra, thank you. I mean, I look at those clips and I just feel like it was genuinely barbaric what we did to people in their final years. Luckily, you were able to get your grandmother out so she could spend her final months with her family. 
but a lot of folk are still stuck in these care homes and the rules remain inhumane even now. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think people, because of our video going viral, people became aware that there were restrictions on visiting, that um, elderly and young people were being isolated in care homes. People became aware that perhaps there wasn't this, the right medical care, GPs not going into care homes. But this is still going on today. And this is what I think is totally barbaric. I mean, we had eight, nine months of my nan being in a care home, not being able to see her, her deterioration. Um, she was dehydrated. She had malnutrition. She lost weight. And yet there are families that are still in that situation mm. who still can't get in to see their loved ones. It just seems like where's the common sense gone? And one thing that you point out that I think is really disturbing is the fact that folk now in a lot of care homes have to book appointment times if they're lucky enough to be allowed in. Now, the issue with that is when the care homes are doing dodgy things, and we know a lot of that went on over the pandemic, you have a lot of examples of really appalling, illegal things going on in these care homes. Uh, it gives them an opportunity to cover it up because a family member can't just pop in. Exactly. It's the, it's the fact that COVID has shone a light into systems of care that have been failing for decades. They've been understaffed, they've been run for profit. The majority of our care homes are run by private equity firms. And I think people have been really focused on COVID being an issue for people in, in, uh, in care homes. But in actual fact, two of the three co-founders of the People's Care Watchdog, myself and another lady called Fiona, our loved ones nearly died from neglect. Mm. It was neglect. In, in Fiona's case, her mother-in-law had six grade four pressure ulcers, which means it goes down to bone and tendon. Mm. And in the short video that we've created that's on our website, her, her, her own son says, you would be prosecuted for treating an animal like that. And yet still to this day, there's no safeguarding, which is something that should be in place to protect our most vulnerable citizens. And yet it's still not there. But this is the problem with what's happened mm. with COVID, right? And I knew, and this is one of the reasons why I was so opposed to so many of the unnecessary lockdown measures, is COVID is being used as an excuse. It's being used as an excuse and COVID is not the only illness out there. It's not the only disease. People suffering from dementia need help. They need care. They need families to be going in and checking up on them because very often care homes are understaffed, they are run for profit. So what we can see now is that COVID has shone a light on the fact that the families have been propping up those systems. But it's not just about the care homes, it's about the local authorities. It's about the social services, adult social services. Where have they been? Where has the Care Quality Commission been? For two years, they didn't inspect care homes. Two years. And during, it's, it's incredible. And in that time, all kinds of things have happened behind closed doors and safeguarding issues are still outstanding. So what can someone do sitting at home watching this when they have issues seeing their relative, their loved one, their friend at a care home? What can they actually do? Because our very own Professor Carol Sikora on, on Monday night was saying he had to try and get his friend, who was a fellow oncologist previously, out of a care home, and it, and it proved impossible. So there's a lot of people who, who know the system who are struggling with this. So what can someone do? Because if these are the rules given by the care home, a lot of folk feel powerless. Yeah, and, and that's the problem. The care homes are making these rules that are unlawful and very often illegal. 
So we still have the Human Rights Act. It is still at the moment in place in the UK. And that's what we need to quote when we're speaking to people. The fact that there is the right to a family life. People have the right to a family life. Also... So challenge the managers, is that the key? Because obviously mm. the staff members presumably are just following orders. Yeah, I think it's about educating what we found in our own support group, mm -hmm. which has now become the campaign, is educating families so that they can then go and educate the social workers, surprisingly enough, and the managers of care homes. Because often they don't realise that they are, they are breaking human rights acts. And how can people get more information about your watchdog? Because I imagine this is something that a lot of people uh, really want to get involved yeah. with. Well, we really are a citizens-led research mm -hmm. project. We want to gather the evidence of what has gone on behind closed doors. And the only way we can do that is if the whole of the public get behind this. So we're looking for first-hand accounts from relatives, from uh, care workers, from professionals, people who are willing to come forward and say, this is what went well and this is what didn't go well. This is what we need to improve upon. And then with that evidence, we can start to hold people to account, public Brilliant. bodies to account, and most importantly, create a care system that's going to work for us yeah. all. Because, because it's, this can't happen again. It's going to happen again. Indeed. Well, look, it's brilliant work. Thank you so Thank much you. for doing it. Dan Wooden here again. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of my podcast, Uncancelled. Did you like what you hear? Well, remember to subscribe, rate and review. And join me for more newsmaking interviews, fiery debate and free speech on Dan Button tonight every Monday to Thursday from 9pm till 11pm on GB News.